Hi, this is Robert Schuler with Melissa's Produce, and you're listening in on Cord Vines and Dye. Hi, I'm Matt Rice from Europa Village Winery and Resort, and you're listening to Cords, Vines, and Dines. I'm Hani Ali, an executive chef at Europa Village, and here we are recording for Cords, Vines, and Dines. Well, good afternoon and happy Sunday. Hi, Tom. Hi, Kat. Happy Sunday. Happy two days after Cinco de Mayo. Yes. Did you have enough margaritas? You can never have enough margaritas. I've been drinking the Corona Ritas. I know you have. We were at uh, Tacos and Beer on Wednesday, and I had a tamarindo margarita, which is made with the tamarind. Um, actually, very flavorful. Quite a nice change of pace from your uh, traditional uh, classic margarita. It was margarita. good. Yeah, I it was good. Very different. And that's a fun place. If you haven't been yet, there's one in Temecula, and there's one in Hemet. Uh, tacos and beer so uh, it's a nice little spot to go in have a, a bite to eat and a cocktail or a beer. corona rita corona rita if you're gonna roll with cat if you don't know what a corona rita is it's a it's a regular actually you could get different flavors of margarita they offered me different flavors but right. i like the, the traditional classic. the classic the classic and they invert a small corona they actually have a little holder that goes on yeah. the side of the glass and the bottle uh, neck. And I just kind of like pull it up when I want a little more Corona <laughs> in my margarita. It's so good because, you know, it kind of cuts down the sweetness. Too. It does. And uh, you get twice the fun in one drink. There you go. And we stopped there uh, right after we had uh, visited with uh, Matt Rice and Chef Hani Ali at Europa Village Valero. And uh, wow. Wasn't that incredible, Kat? They had me with masseuse. <laughs> well, after the wine, of course. But no, they talked about what's coming up for uh, Europa. And it'll be done by 2025. If you've been to Europa Village, um, Bolero Cellars is the one of the three that's open now. And it's a pretty big complex. That's the smallest of the three that they're building. The one that's going up right now and is scheduled to, well, we'll hear about it in the interview. Uh, uh, Vienza should be open by October of this year, but I don't want to spoil too many of the spices. We'll let Matt and uh, and Hani talk about it. What gracious, gracious guys. And uh, we're sipping on the 2020 Vienza. Uh, I'll, uh, you've got the bottle. Aliotico Rosé. Uh, yeah. Aliotico Rosé. Nice, dark uh, pink color, a very deep pink color, and a nice tart uh, rosé with just a hint of sweetness. You said you smelled more sweet. Well, yeah, it, it seemed, the nose on it seemed to be a lot sweeter than when I tasted it. It just kind of surprised me, it, like it had a sweeter nose, and it wasn't anything like what I was expecting, but it is drier with, it, like you said, a hint of sweetness, and it's very a, good. Be a great food wine. Definitely. Well, we are having food with it. Well, we're, we're having, having munchies. <laughs> we're having munchies. I always have to have munchies when I drink wine. And then also, we're going to have a repeat interview. Jake Allen. With Jake Allen. And we just listened to a snip of his little carnelian. That's so pretty. It is. All of his music is just yeah. beautiful. And you know that I just returned from a, a lightning fast trip to Napa. And uh, I am so blessed to consider Sandy Belcher, my friend. Sandy is the winemaker for Arns, A-R-N-S, a tiny Cabernet producer. She also makes a Chardonnay from Sonoma. So um, got to hang out with her, went to the Grand Tasting for the Napa Wine Library about 
70 or 80 wineries there pouring some of the best wines in Napa. Wow. And uh, then I got to meet her friend Pam Starr, who is the star of Crocker and Starr. Remember Crocker Bank? Oh, of course. Well, Charlie Crocker is the Crocker in Crocker and Starr. But she gave me a personal tour of her beautiful winery. Mm. Um, and then I sat down and tasted some amazing wines, including a $425 Cabernet. Oh, my gosh. So I, I was thoroughly spoiled. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. How, how nice. And then you had a little bit of rain coming back. Just a little. And uh, we had a, a nice dousing on, uh, what was it, Wednesday? I think Wednesday we got a good little soaking. Yes. Uh, Thursday. Was it Thursday? Oh, yeah. Thursday. And uh, Rosemary wanted to chime in on the conversation. So before we get rolling uh, into our uh, first uh, interview, which is uh, the chat I had with Pam Starr when I was in Napa, I wanted to uh, give a tip of the hat. Since you're wearing the hat, I'll let you tip yours to Melissa's Produce, our official produce sponsor, melissas.com. And uh, you need to do some choosing pretty soon. Yes. You need uh, to pick out a recipe from their amazing website and let uh, Robert know what uh, produce items we need to make it. I will do that. This weekend. I'll do that probably today. Perfect. And let you know. So shall we roll on to the interview you had with Pam Starr up in Napa? Let's. I, I, I really love her energy. And uh, if you get a chance while you're in the uh, Napa Valley, uh, put Crocker and Star on your map. You'll have a memorable experience there. <laughs> well, I'm here in the vineyard with Pam Starr from Crocker and Starr Winery, and you just got back from Nashville, and you must be beat. I am beat. And travel these days is really tough. You know, airlines are suffering, and the, the customers are suffering. But, you know, it's always good. When I come back to the vineyard, I feel like, okay, I, you know, I'm back. I'm going to regenerate myself, mm-hmm. and so here we are. So I'm very happy to meet you, Tom. Nice to meet yeah, you. I'm surprised we have, yeah. our paths haven't crossed earlier. Well, we have a, a dear mutual friend, uh, 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 Sandy Belcher from Arns Winery. I love Sandy and John. They're they're great. Yeah. They're great, great folks. Real true salt of the earth and always consistent with the love of what they do. So Absolutely. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about uh, the history of Crocker and Star. Charlie Crocker is your partner. Yeah. So Crocker and Star, I started the company with Charlie in, um, officially September 1997, right before our very first harvest together. Mm-hmm. But uh, before that, you know, I started making wines in 1984. That was my first journey into the wine business. I thought I was going to go to dental school at that time. <laughs> I was studying to take the dental admissions test, which I never took. And uh, I, I was so curious about the whole wine business thing. I was over in Sonoma uh, at a winery that had just started, and they couldn't figure out whether they're going to have a croquet court or a lawn tennis court. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. How, what does that have to do with making wine? And um, I so I my curiosity and, and intrigue was very high, and it's been a good journey, you know, over four decades. And um, I I've learned a lot. I my specialty happens to be in uh, translating soil and and capturing that distinctive site into wines. And so hope you'll taste those wines yeah. today with Juan. And that's such an important step. I mean, that that's the beginning. If you don't get that right, what? What chance do you have? Well, I, you know, there's a lot of ways to make really great wines out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. and But I think for me, uh, I love wine of the world, and, and those wines need to consistently speak for where they come from. And you can get a really good, distinctive regional wine, I think. But I think 
for me, the, the real pinpoint on a map line, you know, that one dot is, is, is really, uh, the, when you can get a great site and you can capture it into a great wine, I, those are the ones that I, you know, I have to have, they probably have a lot of those in my cellar across the world. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you have planted here and what can you produce? So, so Charlie and I met just backwards. Um, I was making wines for Mary Novak at Spotswood. Okay. And, uh, and so Charlie and I met in 1996, uh, just happenstance. Uh, and he, I got this phone call and he thought I wanted to buy grapes and I thought he wanted to start a winery and <laughs> we both said no. And he said, well, come on to the city and have, we'll have a conversation and, I didn't know who Charlie was, but he comes from uh, Crocker Bank history. Sure. And then, which goes back to the uh, North Pacific Railroad, I think it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's the it's the San Francisco Four, Stanford, Hopkins, Huntington's, and Crocker's. I used to bank at Crocker. <laughs> I did too. Actually, I had a, I had a, a, a Crocker Spaniel dog. <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers that, but I today I wish I, I had that little dog because mm-hmm. I'd go, Charlie, look what I have. <laughs> anyway, we met and um, uh, we're unlikely partners. I, I'm of the earth and and he is of a of a a different wealth spectrum but we both wanted the same thing and that was to capture a great great place into great wine and so along the way we're standing at block one uh and the vineyard didn't look like this when i met him i bet not (laughs) no it did not we're a hundred percent uh organic and green and uh we don't have some of those certifications on paper but We've been farming above and beyond, and mm-hmm. uh, the wines really speak that we've we've been able to protect and preserve the characters in the grapes. So uh, we are dabbling with regenerative farming. We haven't full sunk in yet. Uh, the drought has sort of prevented us from maybe making some bigger efforts, but just you know, stay tuned. What keep 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 tracking us. Okay. Uh, and so we're standing here in front of Block One, and I, I planted this in 2007 i think and it took about five years for us to to make the first wine Mm -hmm. and it is an heirloom selection of cabernet sauvignon Mm. basically farmer clones and they're not certified but they all in my journey of making wines for other people in napa valley that these selections of cabernet sauvignon have retained a distinct trait no matter where they're planted mm. so like the sea clone jackson jenkins and boche they're all right here okay and uh, every nine rows i've got a different rootstock and a different selection on there and you'll taste this wine's called one post okay which is the street address where charlie and i met all in right. san francisco yeah 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 and uh, you'll see that jim cross our label designer made a really beautiful um pure white label with a one and it post written across it and it looks like one of the pillars of the golden gate bridge oh, that's so cool bridging napa and, and and san francisco so uh but i started the company with three wines uh first launched with 100 cases of cabernet franc mm-hmm. an unlikely launch for a napa yeah, valley absolutely, wine because that's has been considered a blending grape absolutely it? but no uh, i passion before uh, uh bank accounts <laughs> okay that's worked out for you hasn't it <laughs> it's worked out pretty well you know um you know, it's, I had seven jobs when I started mm-hmm. the company because I had to make money to pay my mortgage. Yeah. So, uh, and, and Charlie and I are equal partners. We put the exact same amount of money in and time. And, uh, and so here we are today. Mm-hmm. We are not just Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Sauvignon Blanc, but we are seven wines. We've mm-hmm. added, I planted Malbec on the property. 
Um, uh, I planted, uh, we have three distinct Cabernet Sauvignons from here because the soil profiles are mm-hmm. so unique. And uh, we added bubbles to our portfolio, oh, but we don't grow so- Pinot Noir and, and Chardonnay. So we partnered with a winery in Carneros okay. so that we, when we turned 25 a couple years ago, mm-hmm. we wanted to really pop a cork. There you go. So uh, <laughs> we made a, we started with a Blanc de Noir. We have a Brut and we'll do a Brut Rosé next. That's exciting. Yeah. So those are, those are where we are today. Well, let's go taste. Okay. Let's roll. Wasn't that fun? Isn't she a delightful cat? She, she really is. I, I, can't wait to, to go up there and meet her someday. She just seemed like a wonderful lady. Really knows uh, her her wine. She started out, as uh, she mentioned, uh, making Cabernet Franc, which is not a typical wine variety that was known primarily as a blending grape. And it has uh, been, it's stood on its own for a while now, and uh, she does a remarkable job with it. Did you bring any of her wine back? Uh, pardon? Did you bring any of her wine back? <laughs> Hello? Nope. You didn't. No, not this time. Not this time. Okay. I brought some of Sandy's wine back. Oh, <laughs> when are we going to open that? Well, we'll do that soon. All right, so now we're going to go into the interview that we had before. With, with Jake Allen. With Jake Allen. We already listened to a little snip of his, of Carnelian. So we're going to go into the interview we had with him, and then we're going, right after that, we're going to finish with well, we're going to play the game of food. Well, no. Right after we do the interview with Jake, we're going to listen to his song, Amethyst. Perfect. Then we're going to play the game of food. There you go. Can you tell I'm anxious to play the game of food? I know. You always like to kick my butt on that. <laughs> You've won a you? couple of times. You did. You yeah. Have? Well, let's see. The scales go, uh, uh, yeah, I'm on the bottom <laughs> here. Um, well, let's do that. So let's go on and listen to the interview we did with Jake Allen. Hi, Jake. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing good. We're, We're good. You're in Michigan, correct? I am. I'm in the frozen tundra. I was just going to say, what's your weather like right now? Well, last week there was an Arctic uh, blizzard that came through and covered everything in about three feet of snow. And then the next day you could see the grass again and it was like spring. So pretty much standard Michigan weather. <laughs> so I heard you've been in the studio recording. Yeah, actually I'm doing a kind of an interesting project right now. Uh, a good friend of mine, Jennifer May, uh, she's a painter and she likes to paint these drip pour paintings. These really beautiful kind of abstract paintings. Um, well, she's, uh, playing songs that are inspiring the painting. So she, she does a lot of pieces to my music, to my songs. And I think uh, she, she's a pretty big fan, and I think she's, she's done pretty much all of my discography. So she's actually hired me to make an album specifically for her to paint to, which is turning out to be a really interesting project. Um, and it kind of has this, this really... Uh, uh, congruent theme throughout the whole thing so it's, it's actually turning into a, a, a really interesting record I actually have about six Jennifer paintings up in my house right now So, <laughs> and my birthday was last week and she gave me two beautiful hand painted wine glasses so we're all big fans of Jennifer Mann oh yeah rightfully so she's super talented everything she makes is so beautiful I'm just curious Jake we're part of Michigan are you in uh, so I'm originally from a little town called Grayling, um, 
northern Michigan, and now I live in the uh, uh, sprawling metropolis of Gaylord. It's about 5,000 people, Um, so just about a half hour north of there. And it's kind of my little sanctuary. So I do a lot of traveling and uh, touring and stuff. And and this is a great place to come back to. It's very remote, kind of, uh, you know, out in the woods. Yeah, it's beautiful there. Absolutely beautiful. In the springtime, it's amazing. Now, are you near any of the big cherry uh, celebrations in the spring or, or summer? Yeah, I'm actually right by Traverse City. It's about an hour uh, west of me. And they always have the cherry festival over there. And I've played that a few times with... Uh, various bands and solo and um michael moore also has this film festival mm. over there uh which is a, a pretty cool shindig as well so traverse city is actually awesome and there's uh surprisingly an abundance of talent in northern michigan a lot of really talented bands and, and solo artists and everybody's playing there's a lot of music festivals and it's a really vibrant music scene for being um you know so many such a rural area uh so many small towns they, they really kind of get together and and uh, it's it's really cool to, to be from here and to live up here and to see all the talent that comes out of here, to be honest. Dad, it sounds like a road trip to me. I think so. Yeah. Start packing. Well, <laughs> Detroit originally was a pretty big music town. So I, I'm so glad to see that it's just continued. It's, it's, uh, it's an amazing place to really be inspired. Speaking of which... What what inspired you to to pursue music in the first place? Were you small? Were you what's your story? Well, I mean, I kind of come from a musical family. My dad's a uh, full time musician, has been his whole life. Grew up uh, playing in uh, bars in Detroit, and then was in on uh, the road with the artist Melanie for a while. He was oh, wow. in her band, and and then my mom was also on stage with him for about ten years, and uh, so just became kind of a normal thing in the family to play music in some fashion. I was never forced into it. Nobody ever said, hey, you have to play music. But uh, I just grew up around it. And it was so prevalent that it just kind of uh, was natural for me to to go down that road. And um, as far as, you know, where I'm at now with music, I I use it. um, What inspires me is is the kind of feeling that I get from... uh, from writing songs and making music as a, a means of alchemizing things. So the cool thing about music and any, any art form in that fact is that you can turn something negative into something positive. So I always like to, uh, you know, kind of battle things out in the studio. And at the end, the bonus is you get this thing at the end. So you, you have something to show for everything you've been through. So I think it's a, uh, it's kind of a, um, you know, a, a way of alchemizing your life. Most artists I've spoken with or that we've had on the show have said that some of their best work comes out of really tough times, that when you're going through something that's just brutally hard, at the end of it, you have this incredible piece of work. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I can, I can agree with that wholeheartedly. Some of the hardest things that I've been through in life, I was able to... Uh, kind of use music as a vessel to work myself back to a, a more even keel, peaceful place many times. Beautiful. Now, now you go on tour quite a bit. You're all I over do. the place. I'm a, uh, I'm a clinician for Takamini Guitars, which is mm. also, which is a fun gig. So uh, sometimes I, I go all around the world and do clinics for them, wow. which is always an opportunity. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, I do my solo shows as well. So I, I often find myself touring between Michigan and Southern California mm. quite a bit. I've been kind of doing that trek a couple times a year for about the last, gosh, almost 15 years now, which is crazy to think. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's, it's, there's never a dull moment, that's for sure. And especially being at the level I'm at, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty much a one man show and, um, independent operation so there's so many hats that need to be worn and so many things that you need to focus on um you know aside from playing music i think you know maybe five percent of being an independent musician is actually playing on stage and then there's all the administrative stuff so it's uh it's an interesting lifestyle for sure it has changed much over the years so much it has changed so much with all of the uh technology that that we have now yeah well the cool thing i mean you know it's a double-edged sword there's the cool thing is that you don't have to have a major label backing you to do the things that you used to have them do for you you know you can you can do everything on your own so it's really uh it's really up to you and how much work you want to put in as far as how far you want to go where can people find your music jake uh so they can go to jakeallenmusic.com and that's allen a-l-l-e-n um, or they can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all those, you know, popular spots. Now, um, how do you describe your, your particular style of music? What makes you stand out over everybody else? Well, I'm a, I'm prim- so, you know, artists, so, you know, artists, like, so, you know, artists, like, so, you know, artists like Michael Hedges and Anthony McKee and these kind of, uh, modern finger style guitarists you could call them that that do interesting things with the acoustic guitar that's that's kind of what i do so that's kind of the basis for everything i do there's there's 90 percent of the time there's going to be an acoustic guitar doing something that is difficult enough for me to question why i wrote it and have to play it as much as i do uh and then so it has kind of this uh you know modern finger style bass but then um I'm a producer as well, and I like a wide array of music. I I grew up on listening to progressive rock music, and then I got into harder rock music like Nine Inch Nails when I was a teenager. So it's kind of an interesting cross-section of all of the elements that I like from those bands or, you know, all of the elements that I guess kind of subconsciously stuck with me. So I guess you could call it uh, progressive um, finger-style alternative indie rock (laughs) well there you go (laughs) i do have a quick question do you have a specific piece that is closest to your heart or something that means more to you than than any other piece that you have Ooh. um what's your favorite child your favorite kid (laughs) you know it's hard to say I mean, there's some standouts for sure. I don't, I don't know if there's one that I could particularly say this is the, my favorite thing I've ever done, to be honest. Well, tell, do you want to tell me a little bit about your standouts and, and why they stand out to you and why they mean something to you? Mm. Well, I mean, I, I like the fact that I try to write uh, whatever, you know, my, my life is kind of record to record, so... Each record I make kind of encapsulates where I'm at at that particular time in my life. And so they all have, you know, they all have validity in that sense. Um, 
you know, I think that my there's a record I released uh, in 2018 called Deviant Motions that I, I think I would probably have to say that that's my favorite record that I've made as far as the songs go, um, songs and the production. Um, but um, I mean, they all they all kind of have have their place. There's several songs on that record that I think are probably um, probably some of the best efforts I've put forward. Now, I know Jennifer met you at uh, NAMM show, and one of my other friends met you at NAMM show, Michelle Murata. I don't know if you remember her. She's, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I know Michelle. She's, she's one uh, of my, my good friends, and so is Jennifer. So <laughs> I'm surprised That's I haven't awesome. seen you at NAMM show. I've been there, going there all the time, too. Yeah, small world. Yes, it is. Um, now, you performed also at NAMM show. Do you perform Correct. at the yeah. Takamini booth or were you on stage at some of the other, at the uh, hotels or both? Um, I played a few of the hotels. I played like the Marriott and Sheraton and the Hilton. Um, and then I played at the Takamini booth. Um, there's a couple other companies. Tonewood Amp is a company that I represent. Uh, that they have, they've had me play probably most out of all of the companies. Um, they're really uh, really supportive of their artists and really like to to give them uh, some some airtime at Nam. So uh, often when I go, those are the, the folks that I stay with, and we kind of have this big uh, you know house of uh, finger style guitar artist debauchery, and then uh, <laughs> stuff at the uh, Fender booth and Gretsch, um, kind of anything in the Fender family I've been involved in. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been all over that place. I've, I've played a lot of uh, a lot of booths and stages there. Does the name Alex DeGrassi ring any bells? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Alex is amazing. Um, Wyndham Hill guy, actually. Yes. So, yeah, he, he was uh, friends with Michael Hedges and Actually, I saw Alex play. I went to Michael's uh, memorial show that they finally had for him a few years back in the Bay Area. And uh, that was the first time I actually saw Alex play. And yeah, incredible I, uh, player. I was lucky enough uh, when I was living on St. Croix in the Virgin Islands to meet Alex and Scott Kasu, who's a, a brilliant keyboard player, and got to become friends with both of them. So I'm, so I'm glad you're familiar with him. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, from what I could tell, he seems like a super sweet guy, too. Yes, very much so. So what do you I, think you would do if you didn't, if you weren't embraced in music for your life travels? What do you think you would be doing? I think I would be doing something in the field of psychology, to be honest. Mm. I think that's what fascinates me the most. Ah, well, there is definitely a lot of uh, music that can be pulled from psychology, so they, they do go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Either that or I would uh, renounce everything and, and go become a monk. Ah. <laughs> well, we're glad you didn't I have to make that, that I choice. I, I like Panda Express too much to give it up. So. <laughs> well, downfall. Jake, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Where can we uh, see you next? You're going to be going on tour again? Are you just going to be in the studio for a while? or? 
Um, I'm in the studio for the foreseeable future. I think there's some things that are brewing in Europe in May, which is very exciting. And uh, I'm sure I'll make it back down to San Diego sooner than later. I usually find myself there a few times a year. Wonderful. Well, maybe we can catch you in San Diego and hopefully you can get a gig up here in Temecula, one of the wineries. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to do that, actually. Jennifer has been telling me about some stuff going on up there. So maybe I'll pro- finally... Uh, you know, try to make something happen up there. Yeah, we're That'd going be... big here, so Temecula is going to be on a big part of the map one of these days. So we'll be we'll be excited to see you here. Happy New Year, Jake. Uh, Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for having me on the show.
are listening to Chords, Vines, and Dines. I'm Tom Plant. She's Cat Ellison. Um, that was our, our friend Jake Allen, and uh, always good to catch up with him. And we uh, are hoping that he's going to schedule a Southern California visit shortly so we can go we catch so. him in the act. And don't you just love that song, Amethyst? Oh, stunning. It's just Beautiful. gorgeous. All right, we're going to get into this game. I used to like playing these kind of games, but only when I win some. <laughs> All right, I'm picking out a card at random for you. I'll let you get started with uh, the category being cooking tools and techniques. Is that for you? you that's you, you to quiz me on. <laughs> Got another easy one. <laughs> Sorry. Why do we rinse rice before cooking it? A, to wash off surface starch. B, to begin hydrating the grains. C, to make sure the grains cook evenly. Or D, to keep the rice from burning. A, to remove the starch. That was easy. Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> Sorry. Cooking tools and techniques is the category. When making soup or stock, what do you typically put in a bouquet garni? A, chicken bones. B, dried mushrooms. C, cheese rinds, or D, fresh herbs. What do you put in a bouquet garni? D, fresh herbs. Ding, 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 Well, that was an easy one. You gave me an easy one. Thank you, Tom. All right, welcome. Shall we Shall we uh, head on to our visit at Europa Village with Matt and Chef Honey? Yes. And again, they had me at masseuse. Well, you'll hear all about it when we uh, share our visit. Well, Kat, I'm very excited. Here we are at Bolero at Europa Village, and we're joined by Matt Rice and Chef Hani Ali. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Afternoon. Good afternoon. Nice to be here with you. Thank you for having us here. This is beautiful. Up in the conference room, yeah. got a, we've got a glass of bubbles. Hey, life doesn't get much better. Absolutely. I uh, drove up and noticed a lot of construction going on. Uh, what's, what's going on at Europa Village, man? So uh, we're really excited. Our Vienza Italian winery is very close to completion. Mm -hmm. uh, we are actually projecting an opening date of October, and uh, that will include the first part of the Vienza winery, which includes a beautiful tasting room, outdoor amphitheater and garden areas, um, a lovely Italian deli and marketplace, and then some wonderful culinary aspects along with that. I'm sure Chef would like to talk about those. Yes, yes. We're so excited because we have to uh, switch a different direction from what we're doing now, we're switching from Bolero, which is all the Spanish cuisine. We're going to Vienza, and we have to think, eat, uh, taste everything Italian. Right. Uh, now, that direction, I think it would be an amazing. Uh, we're trying to uh, take the flavor to a whole uh, different side of the, uh, the village, and when you can walk around and... Uh, uh, within that walking distance, you get all these amazing uh, concepts with, with the Italian and the Spanish until the French is open. I know the original concept, and I would imagine it still holds true, was this was going to be a little European village with little connecting, uh, maybe a little market in the middle. And uh, so you are going to have three separate, uh, C'est la Vie, which is going to be the French side, Vienza, October of this year. Correct. And uh, Bolero Cellars, which is where we are now, which is the Spanish uh, when uh, do you have any sort of have you broken ground for uh, Sailor V yet? 
Uh, we haven't broken ground for Say La Vie yet, but we have made a lot of progress in terms of the planning and permitting uh, stages. We are currently projected to be maybe somewhere from 18 months to two years after the opening of Vienza okay. for Say La Vie and also the second part of Vienza, the resort hotel, wow. uh, which will sit behind the Vienza winery and event area uh, on top of the beautiful hillside surrounded by vines. And that'll have approximately 40 hotel rooms, um, a beautiful uh, spa experience with pool, cabanas, um, and just an incredible unmatched view of the valley. Um, looking over the rest of everything. So we hope to uh, build the hotel and then the Sale of V um, side of the resort at the same time, and at which point sometime in 2025 or six, the entire uh, vision will be realized of Europa Village. And uh, of course, we'll um, have that beautiful uh, food experience and wine experience at Sale of V uh, in line with great French customs, traditions, ideals, all those wonderful things. Can I make my reservation? <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and don't worry, Chef and I have already stand, are taking the hardest part of the job too for the uh, massage and uh, relaxation experiences <laughs> yes. up at Vienza. We've already selflessly volunteered to be here to personally interview all the masseuses. You, to took, make one sure for this. you took one for the team. Uh, you know, it's a tough job. But somebody's got to do it. We're well, planning it. You're going to have to interview the, the male masseuses, too, so could I volunteer to, you know, for that? Well, you know, we don't discriminate as long as the job is done well, especially after we get done with a round of golf. Yeah, there you go. So uh, I know you have an incredible kitchen here at Bolero. Are you building another massive kitchen at, uh, at Vienza as well? Yes, we, uh, we do have the both kitchen. We have two kitchens. One kitchen will do all the events and weddings and... Uh, in, in a room that it can accommodate up to 300 uh, guests. Uh, we also have the smaller kitchen that will be operating the deli uh, with everything in the front of the house. Mm -hmm. And the back of the house, we have a, a smaller kitchen that it will still operate with a kitchen crew mm -hmm. and service and all that kind of stuff. So Temecula has just not seen anything like this of this scope. It's it's remarkable, and what a what a blessing for Temecula. I don't think anybody's seen anything like that because <laughs> yeah, forget because, Temecula anywhere. <laughs> because where where you will find within a walking distance, you can actually experience the wine, the food, uh, the culture, and all that stuff within a walking distance. I don't think you will find anything like that. Uh, Yoruba Village is, uh, I think, is is taking the industry to uh, the right direction that we believe uh, we are going to be uh, the microscope on everybody's <laughs> going to be watching that concept right. growing. So we're excited. How difficult is it for you to go from one <clears throat> culture to another to another as far as menu and the whole works with that. Well, you have to change your whole mindset going from Italian to French. <laughs> so the, the you know as long as as long as we have the base, which is the heart. Mm -hmm. So the heart for cooking. As long as the heart for cooking and the passion is there, uh, the crew is absolutely don't have any problem changing gears to any direction when it comes to cooking and satisfying another human being, regardless if you're Italian or Spanish or French, will still gonna satisfy, will figure out a way to connect the heart to heart with you. And that's always, always the, the part that people miss a lot, that I cannot connect with you because I don't know. Somebody knows. Yep. Uh, and, and it's uh, for us to, uh, to collect all these cultures and all these culinary ex experts and 
and all that stuff, we have a team that somebody knows something in there. And we work together as a team uh, to make sure that our guests have one-of-a-kind experience. That heart connection is just essential. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Matt, I think you know uh, I've been around this place from day one. And as a matter of fact, I handed John Goldsmith passport number 001. I was the first person to get a, a wine passport at Europa Village. Oh, fantastic. So I've been, that's the groundbreaking. I've been here from uh, Dan Stevenson's cellar at his house oh, yeah. when this was just a concept. So it's so exciting to have been in at the very beginning and see where it is now. It's, it's mind-blowing. Well, your longtime support's really appreciated, Tom. Thank it really means a lot. And, um, you know, you've seen it. We've come from, you know, humble beginnings in a small but beautiful um, tasting room, which still operates and exists right now, um, to our wonderful, beautiful new grandeur that we are um, so proud to present here at Europa Village. And again, the thing that we are proud ourselves on is that while we expand into these wonderful new areas and offer all these new, uh, amazing new experiences, um, I know for Chef and I, the core of it is our teams because we have that same vision of providing everybody that same extremely high level of hospitality, personal service, and just giving that experience that they will always remember for the best reasons and keep them coming back and back and back right. to remember what Europa Village is always about. And that's making everybody that comes through that front gate feel like friends and family because we really view them as that and want to give them that same experience that we would expect from our friends and family. I'm just like, I, I've just got these visions going and I thought I'm going to walk to this village first and then I'm going to that one and I'm going to... I want to experience all the different, the foods and culture and wines. I can't wait. There's it's nothing amazing. like it anywhere in the world, is there? And then we build a hotel. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you can do all this experience, drink as much as you want, mm -hmm. eat as much as you want, <laughs> and walk into your hotel room. Oh, yeah. and get and order the masseuse. And order the masseuse, <laughs> right. exactly. You got it. You had me at masseuse. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, we'll sign up to uh, give an overview of the when it first opens. We'll be happy to take one for our team. <laughs> so, we'll look, we look forward to hosting you for any one of the great experiences that we offer, uh, be it um, hospitality, staying with us, culinary, wine-related, all kinds of the great things that we have here to show you. And again, um, you know, like Chef said, building something like this that's not existing anywhere else in the world right. is something we're so proud of. And both of us come from outside the area originally. I mean, Chef is traveled and seen so many great things in his long career. I, you know, I'm a Northern California native and I've worked for some large wineries like Wente and Kendall Jackson right. and have been around the industry in Napa and Sonoma. Um, and I can tell you that we really have this maverick spirit here of doing something different, <laughs> unique, and all our own um, just to show you know the world what Tenecula is really all about. Oh, long, I'll go ahead, Ken. How long have you been here at Europa? Uh, it'll be five years for me in July. Hard so, to believe, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's gone quickly, that's for sure. It seems like I'm... My, when I moved down here, my wife's originally from Temecula, so I've been coming to the city since 2008, and I've seen so many things change since then, but we moved down here in 2018 for good, and my son was one, and felt like I blinked, and now he's five, and yeah. I'm trying to turn six in six weeks, so it happens mm -hmm. that fast. Well, I moved here in 2001, you, 87? 88, So the changes she's witnessed, I mean, <clears throat> what I've seen is mind-boggling, but what she's seen oh, since I she's know. been here is... Well, when you moved here, it wasn't even Temecula, it was Rancho California, right? That's right. Yeah. It wasn't even incorporated yet. Yeah. It didn't incorporate till 1989, I mm -hmm. think it was. So. I'm a, a native Northern Californian, too. What part of Northern California are you from? So I'm originally from the East Bay, from a little city okay. called Castro Valley. Oh, of course. Well, I shouldn't say city. We've yeah. voted down incorporation five different times in the past <laughs> because nobody wanted to pay the taxes. Right. 
Um, but I spent about 10 years up in Sonoma County going to school there, getting my start in the wine industry. Um, and between there and, you know, other parts of the East Bay, uh, you know, I feel like I've got a pretty rounded experience that we've seen um, in wine throughout California. I've been lucky to travel to Europe three times and experience some of the great wine regions there mm-hmm. and, and get a feel for what they do as well. I was a disc jockey in Santa Rosa for many, many years, so I spent a lot of time in Sonoma County and know know it well. And where do you originally hail from, Jeff? Uh, As I usually (laughs) say, (laughs) I usually, you know, people will ask me, Chef, you have an accent where you come from. I always say, where is the heart of America? They always say in Midwest. And I always say that I'm from Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) But I was born and raised, I was born and raised in Egypt. Mm. And uh, I've been in this country now uh, uh, close to 25 years. Mm. So I get uh, the privilege to work for the Four Seasons Hotel and uh, get to travel quite a while with them. Uh, and, uh, And now I just need to focus on this amazing concept and uh, having the family close by and not worry about what country I'm in or what place <laughs> I'm in. And, uh, and I think we're ready to take this concept uh, to the top of the industry. And uh, we're so excited that we are uh, a huge part of, uh, of such a wonderful uh, valley like the Temecula Valley, the industry and the uh, the county and all the all the people here in this city that uh, deserve nothing but the best because uh, they work hard for so many years and now they deserve the world to know uh, where is the Makala on the map and working with all the others and communities and all the stuff that we we believe we're gonna get there so we're grateful to be part of of that. Temecula is so blessed to have you. Well, appreciate it. Do you have anything else, Kathy? No, I was going to ask whether it originated or you went right into it. So that was great. It was wonderful. And well, Jeff, how long have you been with Europa? Uh, May 28th, it will be three years. Okay. So. And you both just came right in and just started running with it, didn't you? Just... You know, it's the only, that's the right way to do it. You either run or everybody will run past you. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard nothing but raves about your cooking and Kat and I can oh, attest to. That was my birthday. Yes, <laughs> we were I here brought her here for birthday. her birthday. Yeah, you know, and, and it's, it's absolutely will go nowhere. Uh, first, with the, with the uh, uh, support from our guest that made every effort to come and visit us on a regularly basis. And, and they're the one that word to word out there, the, the brag about us. <laughs> and then we can, we can never do it without uh, the, the staff that we have here that absolutely never afraid to put their heart on the plate and ready to, to show what their natural talent is and all that stuff. And they're never afraid to put something that is decent and connect the heart to heart with our guests. So we're grateful to have both ends. I am just mm-hmm. grateful to be part of such an amazing community team and a guest that they come regularly to us. Well, Kat and I are both extremely grateful to both of you for your time and for uh, the heart that you're putting into this uh, uh, Europa Village. It's amazing. 
So shopping, you go home, do you cook? <laughs> I try. Believe me, I try. My wife, she tried to push me off the kitchen and kick me out of the kitchen. And I said, I said, look, the people I really wanted to impress the most is right here at home, you know, but she never, you know, she never want me to. She said, you've been cooking and you've been doing that enough throughout the day. I said, look, you know, it's in it's running through my veins. It's in it's your cooking, joy. Yes, yes. Yes. It's in my DNA. I cannot change anything about it. <laughs> Even those grilled cheese and grilled cheese at two o'clock in the morning. She appreciate very much. <laughs> so thank you, gentlemen. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for all you do to promote the Temecula Valley. And uh, thanks for such, being such great partners for your open village too. It really means a lot. You're welcome. Thank Sweet. you. We appreciate you guys. I cannot wait for Europa Village to be completed. It's going to be so nice. Well, I heard an invitation in there from yeah. Matt to come. Uh... Hear that, Matt? <laughs> We're taking you up on it, Matt. Three days? Two well, nights. I don't think he said that. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just going to help him along. That's all. But uh, certainly wanted to thank them for their time and. Uh, as we were leaving, uh, he hand-selected three bottles for us to take, and <clears throat> we're drinking the uh, Vienza Aliotico Rosé, a really nice tart wine. It's something that's very different. If you like uh, being an explorer in the world of wine, this is one you should definitely check out. Definitely. I do want to mention that on May 13th, Sassy Mamas is going to be out at the Renta California RV Resort for their spring holiday event out there so it goes from nine until two is that in Owanga? in Owanga. it's right down off 79 south beautiful drive beautiful resort it's going to be out there on the grass by the uh by the lake and they have little ducks and things like that it's really nice and then i believe the uh, two of us will be participating in the uh, temecula wine council if i get through you'll get time there. you'll you will you'll you'll be joining yes. us for a petite syrah tasting if I'm not too tired, I will be there <laughs> with my sassy boots on. Thanks so much for listening to Cords, Vines, and Dines. And thanks to our official produce sponsor, Melissa's Produce at melissas.com. And we will see you next Sunday and uh, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, anytime. And we're going to finish with Jake Allen's Carnelian. We already listened to a little snip in the beginning. We're going to finish with that and then go on to his other song, Adventuring. Cool. Cool. So we'll see you all next Sunday. Have a good week. Bye.
Hi, this is Martha Davis from the Motels, and you're listening to 10 Temecula Entertainment Network.